podcast that explores the logic behind physiological birth practices and is a production of the Indie Birth Association and IndieBirth.com. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Welcome to Well Actually, a podcast by me, Margo Blackstone. This is a podcast produced by IndieBirth, a website where you can find tons of free podcasts by myself as well as Marin Green, articles and resources that are also free, as well as paid courses um, and other cool offerings. We also have a new midwifery school that's starting this summer, in the summer of 2017, called very creatively, the Indie Birth Midwifery School. And we also have a midwifery conference coming up next month in March of 2017. You can find lots more information about us and what we're up to at IndieBirth.com, I-N-D-I, birth.com. And I would ask that if you like what you hear on this podcast and you like what you see on the website, that you follow us on Facebook so you can stay updated with all of our happenings. So today I have a very special guest um, and I'm excited for us to be sort of diving into this topic which is dads and home birth. Um, This is a topic that's been requested um, many times in many different ways and most recently we had a whole thread on Facebook of Indieverse followers asking us if we could maybe create some more resources around um, dads and their roles in home birth and the process of becoming comfortable with home birth and supportive of home birth. So today we have our special guest, Ed Shuley. So welcome, Ed. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm very excited to have Ed here today telling us about his experiences and sharing his tips uh, with other dads who may be listening, um, and I think it's going to be awesome. So how are you doing today, Ed? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Awesome. So we're going to just dive right in, and I would love if you would just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you and um, the birth experiences that you've been a part of in your life to start. So, uh, my name is Ed. Um, Jess and I have been married for 11 years now, and we have four kids, uh, two which came to us via, uh, we had cesarean sections on two, and then we did home birth with the, the last two. Awesome. Cool. So, um, just to give us some perspective, you want to tell us anything about yourself just as a person, so dads who are listening can know that your dad just like them, and just tell us what your life is like. <laughs> uh, so I spend most of my time, uh, I work full-time for a church in the technical production department. So I have a theatrical background. I work with lighting and sound and audio and video and all of those fun toys. Um, so I spend most of my time doing that, and then uh, I go home, and I play with my kids. That's all we have time for at this point with four kids. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, my hobbies are cleaning up and vacuuming, and uh, when I get to, reading comics. Awesome. And how old are your four kids? Our oldest will be 10 in March, and then we have 
uh, an eight-year-old, a five-year-old, and a coming-up-on-two-year-old. Awesome. Okay, so you sort of laid the groundwork for us here. Your your wife had her first two, your first two by a cesarean, and the second two were home birth. Do you want to say any more about um, the experience of having cesareans with the first two and any any information you want to share about that and what that was like for you? Well, um, going in initially, I had no idea uh, and really not had any thoughts or put any thought toward birth. Um, that wasn't something that I had been confronted with. Uh, my sister had had kids, but that was just something where you, you know, my my experience was someone goes to a hospital and comes back with a living thing, and that was all that I knew of birth, other than the the Hollywood portrayal of of the dad running around like a like a moron, uh, trying to get everything gathered and forgetting the wife and her partner and running out of the car and all of that stuff. So. If, all my expectations were set up either poorly or I hadn't really put a lot of thought to it. So when when we became looking into what options and what birth was actually going to be like, uh, I let Jess take the lead on that with it being uh, her body and all. And um, her mother had a very negative experience with natural birth with, with her third child. There was uh, an episiotomy involved. Um, she broke uh, her backbone you know, during birth, during the pushing, and then still had to go cesarean uh, to, to complete the birth. And so we didn't want to, just didn't want to specifically, um, have to recover from multiple different things. And so elected um, to kind of to, to choose cesarean in order to, uh, the, the kind of the, the devil you know beats the devil you don't. So it wasn't an easy decision, but one that seemed the right one because she knew what she was going to be facing and that took a lot of uh, anxiety away from the recovery process that she knew that she would be going through. Mm. So, uh, so with that, with the, with the first two, it was, we went to the hospital and I got on the, the little spacesuit and stood behind the curtain um, and everything, you know, I just watched her and then the baby came out and then we went back to the hospital room and that was, that was pretty much it. We had there were very positive experiences. The the staff at the hospital was was very good, um, especially as the for the first one, you know, really walked us through everything, gave us a lot of information about what was happening now and timeline and what was going on next. Uh, with the second one, they were a bit more hands off and just let us kind of have our own time and space, and that was very well too. That was that was nice. Um, so the first two, it was just uh, very clinical, but very um, very wonderful at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I caught that exactly right, but did you say they were both elective cesareans, yes. or was there there yes. wasn't like any underlying medical reason? No, no, it was uh, it was a decision on the first one, and then with the second, it was just once we had gone that way, we weren't going to try um, in the hospital with a with a vaginal birth. So it was yeah. uh, we just went for it a second time because that was what we knew at that time and what we could, uh, you know, we knew what to expect then. So it was, there wasn't any fear involved with that. Even though we knew that surgery is risky, it was seemed less of a risk than the unknown of what could happen. Sure. Yeah. Well, that makes your story even more remarkable, I think. So then how did you, so so tell us about how you went from those two experiences to then having a home birth with the third 
So with that, um, just started doing some research about uh, risk factors involved, and we knew that a third cesarean surgery was wasn't the best idea, just in terms of the recovery could be worse. You're you're doing a bit more damage when you go in, uh, you know, multiple times towards the same location. And so we started to look and see what other options we had available to us at that point in time. And the fear factor of birth was wasn't as high. There wasn't as much anxiety. Uh, she had done some more research and studying, was really getting into um, the, the whole birthing process and, and everything around it and uh, started researching what options she had and quickly came to the, the realization that within the state of Pennsylvania, which is where we live, um, with medical uh, malpractice laws and things like that, that uh, a vaginal birth uh, after cesarean just wasn't going to be an option in a hospital setting. Even with the midwife center, they didn't uh, really want you to go that route. And so then, then home birth became very serious option. And she brought it up one day and I was really uh, taken aback because I didn't I hadn't thought about home birth in any way, shape or form. Um my, my whole experience to this point was you go to a hospital to have a baby and that's why hospitals are there. And we have, you know, a very specialized women's hospital here in Pittsburgh, which is amazing. And so it was like why would you not and uh, as opposed to just, you know, doing it at home. And I, I had no idea what to expect or what was in, what that entailed. And so for me, there was a lot of uh, the unknown and anxiety about that, not knowing what to expect. Uh, it took me a while to be able to come around. But what I did know was that her, uh, that my dad, Yes. 
Um, were there any in particular that um, that helped you sort of move from not really knowing anything about home birth and whether or not it was safe to feeling comfortable with the choice to birth at home, or was it just um, just a matter of reading enough or of you know reading a volume of material, or was there something in particular that sort of helped make the switch for you since that was a new idea? There were, um, I don't remember the exact resources, but there were two videos that we watched that were stories of home birth. Um, one in, I think it was actually set in, in, in the United States. Another one was outside of the United States. Uh, and the experience was just very calm. Um, they, you know, the, the one woman, she got up and knew that today was going to be the day, so she started cooking because she wanted to have a big meal at the end of the day when the birth was going to take place. And so it, it didn't have a sense of fear about it. It was a very just natural, like, all right, so today is the day that this is going to happen, and then we're going to have dinner, and that's going to be great. <laughs> um, and then with uh, with one of the other ones, um, it was the, the one that was based in, in the U.S., it was a whole family that was gathered around. So there was a dad, the midwife was there, the kids were coming in and out of the birthing pool at various times. Uh, and so that, it, it really helped to uh, sort of normalize the process um, and make it feel as though that it wasn't such a uh, rushed, sort of panicked, um, that, that it was uh, just something that was just the human body is prepared to do. And if you just allow it to do what it wants to do, uh, that things generally work out okay. And so that, it was, it was a normalization of it. Um, and then on the other the other side, uh, we had you know we had two or three different hospitals, two or three different routes to get to each of those hospitals as a backup plan that our midwife made us do. Like she made us submit the paperwork and say, "Where are we going? If this road is closed, how do we get around to get to this hospital of choice?" So she was very quick to to say that if anything looks like it's going to go south or if there's any complications that we're going to pack up and go. And so there was always that backstop of she knows what she's doing, but she also knows what she's looking for in terms of when a additional medical uh, support is needed. And so there was that this sort of safety net to lean back into that she wasn't looking to prove an agenda or prove a point or anything with home birth. It was, it was just making sure it was the best thing for the mother. And, and like I said, our midwife was awesome at, at answering any questions that I had, that she had, um, that Jess had, and then just making sure that we were super comfortable with everything. And that, that made the, the world of difference because it was a, a confidence that she had um, that really helped. Awesome. Yay, and you're not sounding like a robot anymore, so that's extra yay. That's I'm, good. I'm excited to hear what you have to say, too. Um, so... <laughs> Okay, so tell me a little bit then, or a lot of it, whatever you prefer, about what it was like when, okay, let's start with the first home birth. Um, what was that like for you? How did it go? And what did you feel like um, coming out of that as as a dad? What was that like for you? Well, with the first one, didn't still didn't know what to expect. So I kind of went in... Um, 
open to the experience of whatever was going to happen. So we did a lot of preparation. We, you know, painted a room nice and dark and put up some soft lighting. Um, and that's, a, you know, a great process for the dad to go through because then they feel like, or partner, um, so they feel as though they're participating and helping as well, even though, you know, knowing full well that the majority of the work is, you know, done by the mother and you're just kind of there, this is a way that you feel involved in the process as well. So we, we set up the room, set up the birthing tub, had all that in place. Uh, and then one day we were, we were cooking and Jess felt like she was feeling having some contractions. And we're like, all right, it's time. So we, we called the midwife and then she showed up with the assistant. Uh, and then we waited something like 36 hours for stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, this being the first natural birth, uh, I guess things took a little bit longer than we uh, knew what to expect. And so that was, um, at times it was super boring. Just to be honest, it was <laughs> you know, just kind of waiting for something to happen, waiting for the body to be prepared. It just took a really long time and it was draining, um, more so for her, obviously. Uh, and that was kind of a feeling of helplessness because there, there isn't a, anything you can do uh, except try to make her comfortable. You know, so we would rub her back and, you know, hold her hand when a, when a contraction would come and rub her feet and things like that. But otherwise, it was just a lot of waiting. Um, I had plenty of time to check fantasy football scores, things like that, um, in between contractions at times. So it was, uh, that, it felt drawn and long, you know, very drawn out. And then as things started to move, um, it was pretty exciting. You know, there was, there was, there was, you know, some action going on. There was, uh, we knew it was coming soon. Uh, the kids were downstairs with, with Jess's mother, so they would pop up every once in a while to see what was going on. But um, then we, when things just started to move, uh, it just all had this really natural progression, and things felt just here, here it comes. And I knew my position. I knew what I had to do, which was at, at some point I would hold the baby, but, you know, first we would, uh, get her, get him. In this case, we didn't know what it was until he came out, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, get him on mom. Uh, and, uh, and so the, that process was just, it was very eye opening and exciting. At the same time, it was really long and drawn out. So it felt kind of just tired. And at the end, we were just like, finally, this is here. Yay. Now it's done. And, and we have a baby. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so that was, that was, that was good. We didn't have, there weren't any complications. It just had some additional bleeding. And so we had to worry about that just a little bit, but it was you know, just exciting to see, uh, this process actually happen in person. Um, mm-hmm. and know that that's how, uh, our son came into the world was through this thing that we did together, um, less than, you know, being in a, in a hospital setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, birth is pretty awesome, <laughs> I guess, and biased, and that's why I've chosen to become a midwife. But, you know, um, it's such a powerful thing, and uh, it's really cool to hear you talk about it. And I, my follow-up question would be, um, you know, do you feel like that experience of, you know, being an active participant and seeing the process unfold like that, did that change, you know, maybe the early months of parenting with that baby or not so much or I'd be curious what you think about that. 
I don't think it changed uh, how we parented. It gave me a greater appreciation for uh, the female body, honestly, mm-hmm. and just how the the bi- how amazing the biological process of birth is, and just how much uh, stronger and more awesome that women are than men when it comes to that. Because like we would all be just on the floor crying and weeping and not able to move and wanting all kinds of other intervention. Um, but seeing when, when it came to actually push and when the birth happened, you could actually see a shift in her consciousness and her, um, excuse me, uh, her focus and just watching the, the body do that just gave me a really amazing appreciation for, um, just how life and how life works and how, you know, how our bodies work in biology. And that was super incredible to see. Um, and then uh, I was, I wasn't as hands-on with the first one. Um, I was just felt like more of an observer because that was what I chose to do. The second time uh, we did a home birth, we didn't um, plan nearly as well. Uh, <laughs> and so because it took like, us and so when she tapped me uh, she was having some contractions overnight and kind of figured it was going on so I texted work and said I wouldn't be in the next day and they're like okay cool because they knew it was coming uh and so uh around six o'clock or so in the morning she she hit me and was like all right we need to start you know getting things together and get going so I get up thinking we're going to have I didn't think it was going to take 40 hours but I assumed maybe had like three or four so I started making coffee you know, get my, my slippers on and everything. And she is like mentally trying to talk to me and tell me things, but she's already. Um, and so, uh, so I was, you know, trying to fill the birthing tub and get that stuff already. And I, the temperature wasn't right. I'm like, Oh, I've got time to work on it. And she called me into the bathroom, um, to, to help her because one of the things that even you hear about it, but no one ever tells you uh, that there is going to be all kinds of fluids and bodily functions that happen in birth. There is no preparation for that. And so uh, I tried my best to man up, but I have amazing gag reflex. So I'm like choking, trying to help her clean up a little bit. uh, There was, there was some blood and, and there was some poop and no one prepares you for that. Like there's, but you just have to deal with it. Even with, you know, two kids and diapers, you're just like, Oh, that's something that's there. Now I have to deal with. So right. I was trying to help her and she's left. And then we go in and, that needed to get cleaned up. So I was, I was cleaning up and then I looked up uh, and, and cause I was, I was kneeling on the floor to clean up and I looked up and I could see the head crowning of our daughter. And I'm like, Oh no, this is happening now. So we had called the midwife, but uh, you know, that was, she was coming a whole lot faster um, than the midwife was going to show up. And so with one 
you know, leaning on a stool and one leg up on the corner of the birthing tub, uh, she pushed again and the head came out. And I was like, there's the head of my baby. This is really weird, but I didn't have any option other than to, you know, get ready to catch. Contraction happened. And I guess this pushed on her lungs and all of this fluid came out of the baby's nose and mouth and just shot up the wall. And it was the most hilarious thing. It was like a blowhole on a whale. Just this huge fluid thing shoots up. I'm laughing at this point because of the absurdity of the whole, the whole situation was just like, I'm going to have to deliver a baby and I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, but it just took a couple more pushes and she came out and I caught her. I made sure she didn't hit the ground, which was my big contribution. I did not fumble. Um, and then just knelt down and we, she held her and we wrapped her up in a towel and put a towel down to cover up all of the weird stuff that was on the floor. Um, and then we just laughed at each other because it was like, we just did this together. Um, and so that was a, you know, in a pretty extreme case, but, you know, if someone who has no experience can not fumble a baby when it comes out, um, I kind of feel like if I can do that, then someone who is able to call the midwife in time as a dad, you shouldn't have any issues or problems with uh, with going through the process because it was atypical of what we were planning, but but it, it, it was okay. Um, yeah. And just a, that was a wonderful moment for us too of just like, Wow, we we did this together. This is an amazing story. It is. It is an amazing story, and you know, it's it's not super common, but it's not terribly uncommon with home births and, or not home birth, planned home births too. Um, but that's a question I feel like um, a lot of people have, either when you're talking about home birth or um, or unassisted birth, whether it's planned or unplanned. Is how do you but who catches the baby and how do you do that? So I would love, was, can you summarize um, what you would suggest for someone if they were worried they weren't able to catch the baby if the midwife didn't make it? So knowing now what I know that the, you know, the, the birthing process is, is a natural process. Like your body is designed, uh, a woman's body is designed to give birth and, and it, you know, if, if there aren't any reasons to expect that there would be complications, um, you know, she's going to handle all of the work for you. So when it came to, um, you know, when, when I realized that this was going to happen, um, you know, we, we could have maybe moved to a more comfortable position for her, but she she wasn't in a in a position where she felt like she wanted to move at that point. Um and so it was, it was pretty natural because I really just had to put my hands forward, um, yep. and make sure that she didn't hit the floor. Um, but, uh, you know, I would say that if you're, if you're going for an unassisted or think that that might happen, um, or, or just, you know, just, uh, in terms of your own, as a dad's own preparation, just realizing that um, the woman's body is, is designed to give the birth and you don't really need to do anything but let her do her, what she is either telling you or what um, the body is going to do. And um, just have some towels nearby. That's kind, <laughs> of, that's kind of all you need is some towels and some warm water, um, unless there's, you know, an extreme medical situation that's, that's going on. But um, if there's a reason to... If it's 
Having that realization, just knowing that it's a, it is a natural process. It is the way the body works. So you just need to, to be supportive and, and be there. And that's, um, the primary thing. Yeah. I don't remember if it was, um, on one of Marin's podcasts or if it was just something somebody wrote to us at one point, but, and I can't remember if it was a planned unassisted birth or not, but it was a dad sharing that he had caught his baby as well. And he, his advice for other dads was, um, if you if you can catch an orange rolling off your countertop, you'll be fine. Something like ridiculous like that. <laughs> Just like you put your hands out and you catch the baby. And there's not not too too much to it. But people like to think it's all very complicated. Yeah, we definitely um, build it up, and I think that we, you know, most men's experience is is based on what we are presented with in, you know, Hollywood or on TV or something like that. And so they're going for a dramatic effect. Right. And, and that's, that's not a good basis for, uh, what actually happens in birth. So, yeah. um, just knowing that it's not, that, that what we have been presented with in terms of entertainment is not reflective of how it actually is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you can, if you can catch a football, if you can, right. um, <laughs> just hold your hands still, like, you know, it's not going to come, it's not going to come like launching out at you um, at, at a high rate of speed either. You know, I, I, that's not a, that's not a thing. So it's, it, you know, you don't need to pull or guide or anything, but as long as you get your hands on and, and you'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. It won't come launching at you, but you might get um, sprayed with the whale's blowhole as you described it. Yes. <laughs> which, which is an awesome cool thing that you notice. Because that is a function of physiological birth. It's a way that the baby's um, lungs, which are filled with fluid when they're inside, the way that that fluid gets pressed out before they take their first breath, which is why another reason why vaginal birth is awesome. But um, I had a question for you. What was it? It was, um, oh, I know. So in this process of going from having sort of like the most technological, most medical version of birth for the first two babies to them birthing at home and then birthing with no midwife present on accident. Um, Did you, what were the reactions from like friends and family as you were planning this or did you tell them or did you not tell them and did you feel like you had to sort of like defend those choices at all as the dad or what was your experience with of that? I, wa- I wouldn't say we had to defend those choices, at least not um, in the conversations that I was involved with. If once we um, had decided to make the decision, it was kind of like, okay, well, that's, um, you guys are either brave or crazy was, was <laughs> the, the most general response. Um, my parent, like my mom was really into it. My dad was just like, okay, if that's what you want to do, yeah. go for it. Um, the people that I work with, um, they were, they were very supportive, um, but didn't really understand. Uh, they were in the same position I was because I, you know, I worked mainly with, with a bunch of guys and, 
mm-hmm. they were just like, oh, I can never do that. And, and that was, you know, that, that seemed to be a way that they shut down the conversation um, mm-hmm. was to simply say, that's not something I think I could handle. And I was like, you probably could. You just maybe not realize it. And so it really has opened up a number of conversations where we've been able to talk about it. Um, and, and, you know, and no one has uh, jumped into a home birthing situation um, from my circle, but they also um, think that it was really cool that we did it and would, were at least open to the, of, of hearing a conversation about it. Um, I am considered the manliest man in my church now. You know, we had this sort of informal, con, you know, contest going of like who was the strongest and who could open this jar and stuff like that, just joking amongst ourselves. And uh, I, I'm still currently holding the crown as the the manliest man for, um, they say delivering, but I, you know, just didn't fumble, really. Um, and uh, our... Our one worship leader, he's, his wife is due on Easter Sunday. And so, uh, they're, they were joking that, um, I'm, I'm the backup in case she goes into birth while we're here at church over Easter. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll be two for two in terms of not fumbling, but. There you go. That's awesome. That makes me have a few follow-up questions. So, um, yeah, it sounds like so. This is something you talk about with people you work with and friends. Um, do you feel like sort of an, an ambassador for home birth at this point, or um, is it just you know like how into it are you? I guess is my question. And do you feel like it's a responsibility you have to talk to other men about this? I mean, obviously you must a little bit to volunteers to be on the podcast this morning but yeah well definitely with um with with both men and some women like uh we've had a number of people who um that are involved in the church here that i know that i'm friends with who have gotten pregnant and um because of that because of the experience we had i don't uh i wouldn't i as an advocate for home birth i guess what i would say is that i'm an advocate for knowledgeable birth choices uh-huh. Um, and making sure that, that people know that they have, uh, they don't have to have the, the very straightforward clinical experience that even if they choose that a hospital birth is the correct way for them to go, that there are still options and choices within that experience as well that can enhance that experience, uh, for the women, for the, for the, for the family. Um, and so that's where I feel like, um, more knowledge is good. And so I try to be an advocate in that regard and say, if you, you know, if, if home birth is an option for you, have you thought about creating a birth plan for how you want the experience to happen at the hospital? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people um, that I've run into, uh, and particularly with first, with their first birth, they don't, they, they haven't, they don't know that there are options available or that they can sort of customize that experience for themselves to, to even or even know what options are available as to what they might want. So I try to push that as a conversation, um, as a conversation starter, not necessarily, you know, you should try, you should totally, totally should home birth, but just mm-hmm. there are options within uh, home birthing situations or a midwife center. Um, we have a great midwife center here in Pittsburgh um, or a traditional hospital experience as well, that within all of those, there are different things you can do. And uh, trying to let let those friends of mine who are going experiencing pregnancies know that 
you know, there's there's some stuff that they can do to really make it even more special than what it naturally would be. Awesome. Okay, so here's my, I think, my final question for you. Um, so we get a lot of, um, you know, messages and emails and stuff like that from moms, and I've shared this with you before the podcast, but for those who are listening, um, saying that they're really interested in having a home birth. Um, you know, they maybe even know that that's what they want and that's what would be best for them and their baby, and their partner or husband is completely unsupportive. Says, no way, no how. Um, what would you say to to those dads? who are listening, um, and those partners who are listening, if, if that's where they're at. Uh, my suggestion would be to um, examine why they are opposed to uh, a home birth, if that's what their their wife or their partner wants, um, and, and to not make a decision based on fear or, or fear of the unknown, to, to, to do some research, to hear some stories, um, do some work on your own to learn about what the home birthing process is, how it can be a benefit to uh, their wife or their partner, so that, um, like they said, their decision isn't based in, in, in unknowing or fear, but if, uh, if they have some other, you know, very strong reason from research that they've done, that at least they've, they've put some homework in first. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a, one of the big things for me was I, I didn't want to make, uh, have a fear-based reaction to to this and create extra stress um, for my wife and, and thinking that she also had to make sure that I was okay during the process of, of birthing because I would be weirded out or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's a, it's an examination that, that um, men or other partners have to make in order to say, why am I, why am I opposed to this? Is it simply because I don't understand it? Is it something that I'm scared of? And realizing that um, as a partner in birth, that the the greatest thing we can do is be a be supportive for the woman who is doing all of the work, um, and that is that is the role that that we have to play in that is is one of support, and then therefore making sure that we are in a position that we can do that to the best of our ability. So that would be my advice: is just and listen to stories. I think that when you you can read stuff clinically, but when you see a story, when you see another dad in the birthing pool with a woman who's, who's giving birth, like it just, it, it's not scary. Um, mm-hmm. There isn't a reason to be afraid of it. I think, I think that's the biggest thing is we just don't talk about it as a society, as a culture, particularly with men, like men don't sit around and talk and share birthing stories with people. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not a thing. Um, uh, I was backstage at Christmas Eve, uh, at one of our services, and we had a conversation with my, myself and another uh, woman who had just had, you know, her first. And she's like, we, "You're the only man I've ever had a conversation with about about birth ever, mm-hmm. you know, except for her husband, of course, because you know he was there and involved. But you know, it's not something that we talk about. So it becomes this, um, excuse me, uh, it, it's this just this fear of not knowing what to expect." Totally. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm getting over a cold there a little bit. So, oh, yeah. um, so that's the. I think that's the thing is we once you um, 
start looking at it and, and hearing the stories and seeing how it can be beneficial to your partner, um, it, it demystifies it. It, it takes mm-hmm. the, the scariness of it away, which can maybe open the conversation at least and, and break down some of the fear and mystery of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a, those are, that's a great, um, that's great advice. And, um, here in Minnesota where I'm at, I haven't done one yet, but I've been meaning to do like a dad's birth circle that I wouldn't really facilitate. I have, um, my partner here who, you know, caught our baby and, um, my brother also lives here who's had a home birth with his wife, so that's something I've been thinking about putting together and offering for the community because it is so needed and it's something that isn't talked about. And um, I think you touched on a cool piece too, just that um, not only do men not talk about this a whole lot, um, there's also not a lot of conversation across um, the sexes. Like women and men aren't really talking about this together either. Um, and so, yeah, I, I offer lots of free workshops, and that's always my favorite is when when dads do come along, and I always encourage people to come whether or not they're pregnant or ever will be or, or single or married or, you know, like, um, I think it's a community conversation, and the more we can all share with each other, and, and the, the stories are so powerful, um, especially the more we can do that, the better, and, um, yeah. So, is there anything else you want yes, to share? Yes, certainly. Yes, certainly. The, the more we can demystify the experience, then uh, and have it be more of a normalized conversation. You know, we we tend to com- compartmentalize it and push it off in the corner, and not not really face it. So when you, when it does come up that you have to face it, you're you have no experience. You're not prepared, and it becomes this sort of band in the closet that you have to deal with, as opposed to saying. Oh yeah, this is a natural way that life happens. Well, awesome. Is there anything else you want to share before we wrap it up and say goodbye today? Uh, I would just say that um, you know our experience was was fairly atypical of going from uh, like the very clinical to home birth to an unintentional unassisted. Um, but even that, uh, it was just such a wonderful experience of, of being more present um, in the birthing process uh, than, you know, so with the home birth, it was, it was so much more uh, enlightening and fulfilling um, than the cesarean ones. And that's not to say I like one kid better than the other or anything like that, but um, you really do feel more a part of it. And that's, uh, just a, an amazing thing that, and it can be great for your marriage or your partnership or whatever you have. Um, it's just a, something that you can bond over over time, and that's a, it's just a wonderful thing. And uh, would encourage people to uh, explore birth choices and, and not be not be afraid of it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us here today, Ed. And thank you um, for letting me story. Of course, I'm so glad you did, and I think this is going to really help a lot of people as they're navigating choices. So, yeah, just thank you so much. And if people want to get in touch, as always, they can reach me by email is usually the best. And my email is margo at indiebirth.com. If you have suggestions for topics you want to hear more about, obviously we're very receptive. That's how today's podcast was born, so to speak, pun intended. Um, And... (laughs) 
Yeah, so like I said, we have tons of resources over at IndieBirth.com. We're really accessible if you have questions, comments, um, and yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for today. So thanks so much for listening, and um, we'll see you down the road.